And as Pastor Dan was reading that, I was just thinking about you and how you have impacted your world. And I'm not talking about the circumference of the world. I'm talking about your world. And you've done that. You're growing. You're breaking through in so many areas. Uh, Today is going to be a message that I will do as best as I can to get through it without tearing up, to get through it without spending five hours with you, because there's so much in uh, what I'm teaching uh, today that I believe will bring an amazing revelation uh, to your heart. Last night, this morning, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, and he actually had me write down uh, how I wanted to begin uh, this, this message, basically how he wanted me to begin. And here we go. Many in this house and many believers have made this statement in their life, or you've made it to me. I know I'm born again and going to heaven, but God can't use me where he, be, he in the beginning planned to use me because of my past, because of the way I feel about myself. And I want to say to you, this is what God is saying. Here is the reason why you feel that way, and that feeling is false. It is a deception. You haven't been introduced to me, Father God. You do not understand who I am, and what I had planned from the beginning for you to have a relationship with me. I am the God of John 3.16, who loved the world and sent my only son to die and to raise again on the third day for this particular reason, so that you may know me. I am the God of 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. Today, I am going to teach you through a ladies' encounter, and I today am going to introduce to you Father God. I'm going to show you who you are, and there is nothing that can hinder your relationship with Father God, because this false belief of your past and of who you think you are has brought depression in your life. For those that are online, thank you for being with us. It has brought depression in your life. It has brought insecurity in your life in many decisions that has caused you to make decisions to back away from the fullness of what God has planned for you because you didn't think you were good enough. You were insecure. Bursts of anger have come in your life because you are uncomfortable in your own skin. Now I'm going to go back to what the Holy Spirit was showing me. That is why today there is an onslaught in the midst of a spiritual breakthrough of the enemy wanting to bring your brain and your mindset and your feeling 
into racism, lack of social justice, and all of these things because he's afraid that you're going to bring yourself into an atmosphere, a spiritual atmosphere with the content of who God really is, who the Father really is in your life. And you must recognize that knowing Father God, you will overcome these emotions, these deceptive thought processes, and you are going to have a breakthrough this year. This is a year of breakthrough. I have promised that to you, the Lord says. And this is a breakthrough that you will break through and begin to step forward with a secure walk with God. You will know who you are in Christ. So I'm going to ask that you would turn your Bibles to John chapter 14 and Daniel chapter 7. And we're going to talk through this thing and find out uh, in this series that we call When We Encounter God. You're going to have an encounter with God today that is going to bring such joy in your heart and release and breakthrough. So today, let's talk about Mary Magdalene's story. Mary Magdalene, you know who that is. In Mark 16, verse 9, be very intent in listening to what the Scripture says today. Verse 9 says, Now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. Now, um, I don't want anybody to raise your hand, but how many of you have had seven demons cast out of you? Don't point at your spouse now, but there's... How many of you really had this life where you were demon-possessed and demon-ruled in your life to the point where God had to cast out demons from your life? I would say that many of you, most of you, maybe all of you, cannot say that that's taken place. So we're talking about a woman that her past was one of the worst pasts that you will ever know of. In this encounter with Mary Magdalene, I want to ask you, have you met or encountered the Father, Father God? Have you absolutely been in a place where you knew that Father God, who he is, was with you? In Exodus 3, because I'm going to show you many instances and encounters in the Bible will discuss God encountering people, but we will understand through the study of, of Scripture that these encounters were the Lord Jesus, was Jesus manifested uh, to them, pre-incarnate Jesus. Exodus 3, verse 1 through 6, is a story of Moses and the burning bush. For a few years, uh, when I first became born again, you know, uh, you see the Ten Commandments and you see, I, God, you know, and begins to talk to Moses. And you automatically would think, well, that's the Father. You know, well, that was not the Father. That is, was Jesus Christ. Because he said, I am that I am. 
And we find out in Scripture later that Jesus said that about himself. So what is my point? When we think of the Father, it is actually the Son of God in a lot of encounters. But that doesn't mean that we don't encounter the Father or have great relationship with the Father. And we're going to find out that probably one of the, quote, worst past of a woman in this world, God used her to bring the revelation of a relationship with the Father. So hang on with that thought. John 8, verse 58, Jesus said, Before Abraham was, I am. I believe it was Jesus that visited Abraham when Sarah conceived a child. I believe it was Jesus in the lion's den with Daniel. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were cast in the fiery furnace, I heard a pastor mispronounce those names. He said, Meshach, Meshach, and a bungalow. But we find that that was Jesus pre-incarnate, Daniel 3, verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king, look. He answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. That was Jesus, the fourth person. So today I'm going to show you where the Father is in Scripture. And I believe because we don't comprehend the relationship we have with Father God, that we have insecurity and depression in our life that is not ours. Today, I will show you what Jesus did on the Resurrection Sunday that allows us to have a relationship with the Father. We're going to see doctrinally what Jesus did, and in a lot of cases, there's a deception because many pastors teach the message or the part of Scripture, and they talk about it in a different light. And I'm going to bring you to the truth of what Jesus did and how Jesus revealed to Mary Magdalene, the one that had seven demons delivered from, and used her to express and to bring the revelation of we have an amazing relationship with the Father who is love. And if you really know love, which God is love, Father is love, and you really know that, you will not have insecurity. You will not have depression. I'm talking about a depression that comes in because of a lack of understanding of who you are. That the enemy has brought deception in your life and has brought great uh, anxiety in you because you don't feel like that you can do the things that God asks you to do. You don't feel good enough. You compare yourself to others and you think that you're not good enough, so you back away, and you enclose yourself, and it turns into a depression. This relationship with the Father will break through in many areas of your life after today, and that's the promise of the Lord to me that that's going to happen, and I have the privilege of restating the revelation that Jesus gave to Mary. 
So before we go to John 20, which is the story, let's back up to John 14. And in John 14, we're going to read a few scriptures, not the whole thing, because it's actually in John 14, 15, and 16 is the record of the conversation of the Last Supper. Jesus is telling the disciples, I am going away and I'm coming back. And and many attribute the words coming back to the second coming or the second advent when Jesus sets uh, his kingdom back on this world and we have a new world. And they use that because he says, and then I will return, I will come back. And so, but many of these scriptures here are talking about, listen very closely, the resurrection that will take place three days after his death. I'll say that again. It is talking about the resurrection that will take place three days after Jesus was crucified and died. John 14.1 says, Let not your heart be troubled because of the crucifixion. I added that, but so that you understand what he's saying. Let not your heart be troubled because soon I will be crucified. I will die. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, but I go to prepare a place for you. The word mansion is literally translated dwelling place. So don't get mad at me because if you want a big mansion in heaven, I don't think Jesus is talking about a mansion. Matter of fact, I'll tell you he's not. This may be deeper than just a big house one day. Okay, Uh, just grab a hold of that. It's deeper, it's better, it's bigger than a nice house, a nice place to live. He is preparing a dwelling place to dwell with the Father because of the work of the cross and the resurrection. So again, Jesus is saying, guys, you can't have a relationship with the Father yet, but I'm about to take care of it so you can. He also said something is about to happen and you will have sorrow but your sorrow will be turned into joy, the resurrection. Jesus is alive. We, we feel that on Resurrection Sunday. But the reality, that's what Jesus was saying. When I die, you're going to be sad. Bible tells us they, they go away. Bible tells us they go away and, and they're upset. But three days later, they were excited because Jesus arose from the dead. This is what he's talking about. I will go and prepare a place for you so you can have a relationship with the Father. It's talking about the death, burial, and resurrection. John 14, verse 25 through 27 says, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. What did he just say to them? I'm going to die. Three days, we're going to learn. He's going to go down in the pit of hell, and he's going to bring all who believed in God at that time, and he's going to bring them to heaven. 
They said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Fear comes because we don't recognize or have the revelation of a relationship with Father God. Because when we have that presence of the love of God, it will remove every one of those things. But we always go back to, and let me tell you this, we go back to what Jesus did on the cross. I'm not uh, deflating that. I'm not bringing that down. I'm not making that less important. Jesus Christ lived on this earth without sin. He became this perfect sacrifice. And he went ahead and rose again. And when he rose again, he went to the Father, we're going to learn, and he presented himself as that perfect sacrifice. And the blood covenant was set in stone. And then when he came back, then that reality, that revelation was there that the, the relationship that Jesus always had with the Father, now you have it too. Okay, you, you got to recognize this is so vital for this next decade of breakthrough. It is so vital that you understand the relationship you have with Father God also. All right, well, let's go on. He talks about the Holy Spirit and peace. Father, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The end of verse 27, he goes back to the beginning of the conversation. Verse 27, he says, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Verse 28, You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father for my Father is greater than I. Now, look at verse 29. This is the key. And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. All right. Well, you and I weren't there when he rose from the dead. All right. So we know for sure he's talking about the resurrection, not the second coming or second advent, because he's talking to them that are living at that time. And he says, so I'm going to come back by what I've already told you. And because of that, you truly will believe. And the full picture of a relationship with Father God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the fullness of who you are. That you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can walk in the power of God because you know who you are. You are walking in the presence of the Father. You're walking in the presence of his love for you. And if the world says you're worthless, you're no good because of your skin color, your hair, the size of your body, whatever it is, you stand there and say, I know perfect love and my Father loves me right where I'm at. And when we walk in that revelation, we walk in that understanding, then the world cannot deceive us with all the stuff that we're hearing in our world, in the news, in our schools, at our job, at Disney, wherever you name Now, I love Disney. Matter of fact, I'm going there at the end of, of this month. You know why? Because I'm going with my family to have fun. 
Amen. I don't want any letters. Pastor, you shouldn't go to Disneyland because of certain things. I want to tell you, I'm going to Disneyland. But my happiest place is relationship with Father God. Amen? All right. All right, let's go on. I promise you, I do get letters. I do. People that don't even know me and I don't know them. I read them. I pray for them. So we know that this is talking about the resurrection because no one will have a problem believing because of the second advent when he sets up his kingdom. The Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. So he's not talking about that. He's talking about three days later. All right? So in this scripture, he's talking about the crucifixion and the resurrection. Again, Jesus said, I am telling you this before it happens, so when it does happen, you will believe. And I'll give you two signs to know and remember this conversation, peace and the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of believers that don't have peace because they don't understand the relationship they could and watch this if you're born again and have with the Father. Well, let's look at John 16, John 16, verse 16. A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me because I go to the Father, all right? So what we find, that he's resurrected, and in the story with Mary, we're going to find out that he says, don't touch me, you know, and he says, don't touch me, all right, because I haven't gone to my Father yet. So right here. A little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me because I go to the Father. And he uses this amazing woman who had a bad past to spread that truth throughout the world and today. So don't tell me you can't do what God asks you to do because of your past. Don't tell me you can't do it because of the way you are and because of your personality and all that. Don't tell me that because if you walk in the revelation of a relationship with the Father, you can do everything he asks you to do. <laughs> I need an amen on that. Now, this isn't thousands of years. It's a little while, which means three days. All right? So notice again, he says to go, I go to the Father. Verse 17, John 16, verse 17. <clears throat> Then some of his disciples and, and said among themselves, what is this that he says to us a little while and you will not see me and again a little while and you will see me and because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, what is this that he says a little while? We do not know what he is saying. <laughs> a lot of Christians today should repeat that because they don't know. Now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him and he said to them, are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said a little while and you will not see me and again a little while and you will see me? Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament when he dies, but the world will rejoice when he dies. The Pharisees and all the people that hated him. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. Verse 20 uh, talks about lament because of crucifixion, but joy because of the resurrection. Verse 21, a woman, when she is in labor, ladies, you'll understand this, 
A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. I don't get that. I'm a guy. I, I remember watching Terry, but I didn't feel what Terry felt. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, three days, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you, because you will have firm belief, and you will have what I plan on doing on that resurrection day. So when we celebrate next Easter, resurrection day, there's a lot more to this than just going to heaven which is awesome, which is amazing. There's more to this than being healed, physically healed, which is awesome. Jesus did that, taking stripes on his back. It's amazing. But it also includes in this whole story that you have perfect relationship with the Father, who is love, which will remove this anguish and depression and this insecurity that you've been walking with your whole life, even as a believer. When I come back, I will bring peace and the Holy Spirit. Let's now turn to John 20. That was just the introduction. John 20, here's the divine encounter Mary Magdalene had with the resurrected Lord. Mary is the first one to talk to him after the resurrection. She got that privilege. She didn't earn it from her past. She had struggles, problems, all kinds of stuff. But God made sure that Jesus showed the love of the Father by Jesus meeting with her before anybody else. That's where you're at when you become born again. Doesn't matter where you've been. In this world, you might have to go to jail. You might have people that hate you because of your past. But the love of God will transform everything, and you can begin walking in the life that God had planned for you, even though for 10 years, 15, 20 30, 40, 50 years, I'll, I'll, I'll use the term, you screwed it up. Amen. And when I say that, I can point at me, my younger years. I was an idiot at times. John 20, verse 1. Let's, let's go. Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark. Notice it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Now in the story, uh, later on, Peter and John come, but the scripture tells us they leave. But Mary stays, verse 11. But Mary stood outside by the tomb, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. Now verse 12 is an amazing analogy that you can miss if you don't understand it. Verse 12, And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. 
It is a spiritual analogy of the Ark of the Covenant. One angel at the head and one at the feet. Jesus is our Ark of the Covenant. Jesus is the one that uh, died, took our sins, took stripes on his back. He died and he rose again. But Jesus is the one that brings us to the presence of the Father. And so now, no matter where you've been, what you've done, uh, what you haven't done, how you think, you have perfect relationship with the Father because of the work of the cross. Okay, let's go on. Verse 13. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Now, back in those days, um, I have a spiritual analogy that would take three Sundays to explain. But back in those days, let me give you the physical analogy. They didn't have spotlights. The Bible tells us that it was dark. And so she didn't recognize Jesus. People have said, well, you know, he was crucified and beat up and hair pulled out. So that's why they didn't. I believe, and I can teach the spiritual, that'll be another day. But I believe the reality is it was dark. And the way they, they, a woman would meet a man in those days, they would not look straight in the eyes, all that. She didn't recognize it was Jesus. John 8 says uh, that um, in, in Jesus' ministry that other women traveled with them, all right? And so, you know, that's why you have people who are deceived and teach, well, Jesus had an affair with Mary and all the different things, which just, I'm just going to say to you, ludicrous and stupid. It's demonic, all right? And, and we have to get to the place of understanding. But Mary Magdalene did a lot of work for the ministry for those years. And, uh, but, you know, it proves it also that 12 men can't travel around and take care of themselves. They need women to take care of them too. Right, wives? <laughs> Mary Magdalene was one of them that traveled with Jesus. So you would think that she would recognize him. I believe it was dark. There's a spiritual content of this, but I believe it was dark, and she just didn't see his face. So the answer is there is something different with his appearance, and later on I'll teach on this. So Jesus said, I'm going to the Father. The Hebrew says, he entered the holy place once for all with the shedding of blood. So what was he doing? He was going to go to the Father after the resurrection present himself as that living sacrifice. He's going to present, he's going to, he's going to provide and to fulfill the law of all the sacrifices of the Old Testament. He presented himself to the Lord. Now, I know this is deep doctrinal stuff, but I want you to just grab hold of it. I'm making it as simple as possible. What Jesus did is he went and died, took our sins, he took our, our sickness, 
and he rose again in victory, he's going to present it to the Father, and in that, it's going to be accepted by the Father, and it's accepted by the Father, then it opened the door, and it opened the reality of now you and I can have perfect relationship with love. And breakthrough in every area of your life. I'm telling you, that's why a lot of people struggle in their life with insecurities and all kinds of things because they really, they're born again, they believe in Jesus, all this, but they really don't believe that perfect love is all over them and that God the Father is absolutely proud and loves you today and yesterday and tomorrow. Verse 15 of John 20. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She's supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. Watch verse 17. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and tell them of the next thing I will do for the world. I added that terminology, but my brethren, and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. See, before that, God as Father was not there, was not a reality. Okay? That relationship was not a reality. That relationship because of sin. But now because Jesus is going to go to the Father, present himself, now that same relationship that Jesus had eternity past with the Father And for that short moment when he took our sin, and now he's presenting to the Father the sacrifice. And because of that, now you and I can absolutely receive absolute love. That when you face difficulties in your life, when you face uh, turmoil in your life and doubt in your life and all these things, you can look to the Father of what he feels about you. There's nothing greater than, than a loving father loving their child. And that's Father God. Fathers, that's where we get that from. We get that love for our children from Father God. So the word cling is not a, a good translation. The word should be touch in there. When the woman touched the hem of his garment, another story, That is the same Greek word, not hold on to me. So Jesus said, don't touch me, Mary. I have not yet ascended to my Father. So that's what I I told the disciples earlier. In a little while, I'll come back. The word ascend just means to go up. And it wasn't 40 days later when he said, I am ascending to the throne. It's just that he went up to the Father. He didn't ascend. He went up. For the first time, uh, your father is revealed 
to Mary Magdalene. Can you imagine the emotion that she had when she grabbed a hold of this revelation? Can you imagine the feeling that the enemy would try to get to her to feel that she was demon-possessed and that seven demons were delivered from her? And, and from there, all the things that she did wrong, all the, the, the sexual, all the different lying and cheating and stealing, all the things that she did, she hurt people, she destroyed families, she did all these things as a woman. And then Jesus reveals to her, I I'm going to my father and your father. I am going to love and you will have love also. Transformation in this woman. Look at verse 19. Then the same day at evening. Notice, in a little while, he dies, raised again on the third day. They don't know where his body is. On the same day, what same day? Resurrection day, or we would say Resurrection Sunday. So where has Jesus been? Here we go. Let me talk to you about that. Are you still with me, all right? Okay, you follow me, all right? He has been with the Father, all right? Verse 19, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Remember, peace, peace be with you. How do you get that peace? Relationship with the Father. He had been with the Father. He's been accepted, the sacrifice. Now that relationship is for all people who are born again. All right? And so he says, peace be with you. Let me tell you, there are a lot of religions out there today that they do that all the time. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace to you. Peace to you. Peace be with you. They have no clue what's that talking about. Peace be with you. And they're thinking, you know, my husband just left me. Peace be with you. You don't know, the doctor told me yesterday I have cancer. You're talking about peace? See, no, what, what this is, peace be with you, is now, Jesus is saying, now you have this amazing relationship with the Father. That the Father is there. No matter what tribulation you face, no matter what situation you are walking in, there is peace. Why? Not because things are perfect in your life, because love is all over you. Verse 20. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw him. So in the morning, he said to Mary, don't touch me. In the evening, he showed them his hands and side and says, touch me. Verse 27, Jesus said to Thomas, reach your hand and touch my side. What's the difference? That he had presented himself to the Father. Now you can touch God in all areas. Verse 21, so Jesus said to them, again, peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. There it is, peace and the Holy Spirit. So it's taken care of. You have a relationship with the Father. Well, let's go on. Let's dig deeper now. So where was Jesus in between the death and resurrection? Ephesians 4, 8 through 10 says this. 
Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he had led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended, but what does it mean? But that he also first, after his death, descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So he went to Hades, which is hell, and released the Old Testaments for three, for three days. The question is, what did he do with those saints? So the answer is, he took them into heaven, and he did that on resurrection day. So the conclusion of that, those three days, is he ascended on high. That was the resurrection day. He took captivity captive, the Old Testament saints that were in Abraham's bosom, Old Testament saints, And when he died, he went into the grave and took the keys of the grave, hell, and death back from Satan. Amen. He ascended, taking the Old Testament saints with him. And after that, he had to go back to the earth and talk to Mary to tell the disciples to meet him in Galilee. (laughs) So Mary's encounter is amazing. Have you encountered the Father? Have you encountered God? Did you know some of the Old Testament uh, saints or captive saints came with Jesus and walked in Jerusalem at the time? That when Jesus died, some of the graves opened up and some of the Old Testament saints got up and walked in the city. Oh, let me show you. Matthew 27, verse 52. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Fallen asleep isn't they were laying in their bed and woke up because they heard an earthquake. Fallen asleep means they died, were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Can you imagine Abraham walking around the city saying, you see that Walmart over there? I used to play baseball over there. So Jesus, after Mary, went into the Holy of Holies and presented himself as a sin offering before God the Father. He told Mary, don't touch me. That same day in the evening tells the disciples, touch me. I've done what I told you I was going to do, or I told Mary. Everything that needed to be done for sinful man to have relationship with the Father, was done. Peace be with you. Scripture paints the picture in Daniel 7 of the Father and our relationship. In, in Dan, while you're turning there, let me just read uh, from John 12, 31. Now is the judgment of the world, now the ruler of this world will be cast out. I want to show you another deception that is going around in churches today. He says, I'm going to get back for you what Adam lost. When Adam sinned, he lost that relationship. All right, we know it happens in three days, death and the resurrection. Daniel 7, verse 9 and 10, here is the father, the ancient of days. I watched till thrones were put in place, and the ancient of days was seated. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. 
His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were open. Now this is found in Revelation. Amen, I know. Just wait till I tell you this, what's going on here. So these are in Revelation, the scrolls are being opened because of the work of, of Jesus. He's the only one that can open those. There, <clears throat> there was a court when Jesus died and rose again, too. The Bible's telling us. Verse 11, <clears throat> excuse me. I watched then because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking, the enemy. I watched till the beast was slain. Notice the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. In Revelations, there are four beasts. This is just the first one. So church, death was destroyed 2,000 years ago. Hang with me now, all right? This is the beast Jesus went to hell and destroyed. Death has no more victory In those three days, Jesus destroyed the power of death. For eternity, you and I will live with God. Verse 11, I watched them because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking. I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As for the rest of the beasts, they had their dominions taken away Yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. So there were four beasts, one was destroyed, and three are left alive until the second advent when they will be destroyed. Follow me. The other three beasts, their dominions taken away, yet their lives are prolonged. Verse 13, this is what happened with Mary. I was watching in the night visions And behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven, he came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near to him. The clouds of heaven there are the, in Hebrews, they are called the clouds of witnesses or the Old Testament saints. So they were presented before the Father God. So Jesus went to the Ancient of Days, the Father, verse 14. This is very important. Then to him was given dominion and glory and kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is the everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. I only have one point I want to give you now. Here it is. I usually give you three, two to three. Here's one. Satan has been lying to you and has been telling you that he still has dominion and his dominion was taken away 2,000 years ago. Jesus got it back. Jesus got it back. And Jesus has all the authority and dominion. He presented his sacrifice to the Father and the Father has accepted the sacrifice. So you, church family... Who's church family? Raise your hand. So you, church family, 
are accepted and now are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. The Father is your Father also. Satan is still active, but if you're a believer, he has no more dominion over you. And we need to stop believing the lies and the deception because now we walk in this relationship with the Father also, and now perfect love permeates in us, and with that insecurity and that depression from insecurity is no longer yours to receive. You can walk in victory over this. Romans 6.14. I want to shout. I don't dance well. I almost want to dance here. Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. 1 John 3.8. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Colossians 2.15. This is past tense. All you past tense warriors. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So Mary Magdalene, his encounter, her encounter, excuse me, is this. Tell my disciples I am about to ascend to the Father and take care of it. God used a woman whom he delivered seven demons from to communicate our victory in Jesus. Don't you want to encounter God? Don't you want to encounter the love of the Father? Some believers online, listen to this, some believers have never encountered the love of the Father. And it will destroy you. Daniel 7, verse 21, let's read this again. I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them until the Ancient of Days came, and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Are you possessing the kingdom? Are you grabbing a hold of this truth? And when you go through tribulation and hard times, are you going back to your past? Are you going back to you can't do it? You don't have, you're, you don't have enough faith? You don't have this? You don't have that? That's a lie for the enemy because the beast has been destroyed. Death, hell, and the, and the grave have been destroyed. And we need to understand that, yes, they are alive today, but they have no authority over you. Begin to walk in the love of God. Begin to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. That happened 2,000 years ago, a little over. As a saint, I can possess the kingdom now. I've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. What does that mean? I'm a joint heir with Jesus. I now have perfect relationship with the Father. I don't have to stand here and say, I can't do that. God, you're asking me to do this. No, I can't do that because you know how I was. You know where I'm at. You know my personality. You know, you know and I say it at times, type A personality, all the different things. I'm this, I'm that. I can't do that. I want to tell you, that is a lie from the pit of hell. When God asks you to do something, he's already given you the ability. You can do all things through Christ 
Why? Because you're joint heirs. He went and presented himself to the Father. The Father accepted it, sent Jesus back down, which is the Ancient of Days, came through Jesus and gave that revelation. And now Mary Magdalene, probably in man's eyes, one of the worst people in the world in her past, was the one that brought perfect love to the disciples who became apostles who brought us perfect love in the Bible. And now you and I know that he's destroyed. He has no hold on us. So let's walk in this victory. Let's all stand, please. Here's the Father's judgment in a nutshell. Demons lose, saints win. Here's what Jesus said. It is finished. And we need to understand this and begin to walk in the power of the Father's love. Walk in this anointing. Why? Because that's who you are. It doesn't matter what you do, unless you reject Christ. But if you've come to Jesus and become born again, now, as Paul would say, hey, I'm not telling you about this grace that has been bought for you, not by your works, but by the work of Christ, because that was the heart of the Father, the Ancient of Days. I'm not saying you just go out and do whatever you want to do and expect the blessings of God all over your life. No. That's it. You're, we're going to work to perfect our walk with Christ in the Word of God. That's why you get in the Word of God. That's why you study. That's why OSL. That's why the women, uh, your breakfast last Saturday, hearing the testimonies of the women. That's why, men, you come and you invite your brothers and, and your uncles and you invite your nephews to come to this conference because we're going to learn so much of the love of the Father. Oh, church, I have held this message for months. And this morning I was in my office, no one around. I got here about 6.15 this morning. I was praying for you. And I just began to shout to the Lord. And I just said, thank you for what you did for me. Help me to share it with my family. Let me ask you this. This is just an old Michigan type thing. You get it? Amen? Let's give the Lord an applause. Amen. So let's break through in those areas that you've struggled in. And it's not that you begin to change and all the different. It's because you begin to understand Father God, Ancient of Days, Love is all over you. You are his happy place. Amen. So, whose team are you playing on? It's your choice. Jesus did it for us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the truth of the word of God. Father God, thank you. Love, perfect love. 
Oh, just dwell. Overwhelm us with your presence. Holy Spirit, you have been given to share the truth of Jesus. Jesus, through Mary Magdalene, you've shared the truth of your Father. Because when we know you, we know the Father. Thank you, Lord, for that. For those who need to know Jesus Christ as our Savior, to become born again, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and perfect love will dwell all over you. And all of this junk in your life will begin to just melt away because why? You have relationship with the Father. And I thank you, Lord, for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love you. Have a great day.